I've gotten a lot of good feedback from last week. Uh, last week was hard. Um, starting to process these things that maybe you're walking through. If you weren't here last week and you want to download it, go download it from the website. It's free. But as we continue to walk through rejection, as we grow older, we expose ourselves to the possibility of even more rejection through marriage. But this time it's compounded and it's built on because it involves trust. And so many times it leads to betrayal. Now, I'm not just going to focus on marriage today, but marriage is a biggie. You know, and I had not put the two things together that me and this child, it was rejection. Ultimately, it was rejection. It wasn't me bullying or, and I didn't have a problem with hardly anyone, but I did with him. And I'd forgot how I acted. Any of you ever have one of those moments? I didn't know I could be like that. Thank God I'm not who I was. I certainly haven't arrived, but I'm not, I'm not that guy anymore. Here we see in marriage, women trust their husbands and gave themselves to them unreservedly. Then their husbands left, and you feel betrayed. And there are husbands who have been betrayed by their wives. I want to ask you, have you ever been betrayed? And how did you respond? So many times when someone betrays you, and I've done this myself, you may say, I will never open myself up again. Never. No one will ever get another chance like that to hurt me. And that's a natural reaction. And I, I'm, I'm sorry to say it's been pretty recent that I've acted like that. that I, not that I've bullied, but that that's, I've been hurt and I've tried to shut the door. And the Lord's had to show me, don't shut the door. It's a natural reaction, but it's dangerous. And you know what else it opens you up to? It's what we just talked about on Sunday, defensiveness. It makes us defensive. That's the reaction of someone that's hurt. Have you ever heard the expression, hurt people hurt people? Hurt people hurt. They hurt inside and they hurt outside. Defensiveness says, okay, I'll go through life, but I'll never let anybody come near me to get close enough to me to hurt me like that again. I'll always keep a wall between me and other people. Who's the one that suffers with that approach? Me. I do. You do. We become shriveled, we, we, we wind up having a shriveled, incomplete personality. We become like a tree with one main limb chopped off. Isaiah shows us a very vivid picture of betrayal. And here the Lord is comforting his people. And he compares them to a wife who's been rejected by her husband. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 4. It says, don't be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth. And remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. For your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called the God. He is called the God of all the earth. The Lord will call you back. 
as if you were a wife deserted and distressed in spirit, a wife who married young only to be rejected, says your God. I'm telling you, oh, I'm sorry. The Lord will call you back as if you were a wife deserted and distressed in spirit, a wife who married young only to be rejected, says the Lord. You know, this sounds so much like the new covenant. The bridegroom and the bride. And God's saying, I'll be your husband. Where you've been rejected, I will fill that hole. Nothing else can fill that hole. I, the Lord, can fill that hole. What happens so many times in our personality, in our walk, in our relationships, is we get hurt here. So what do we do? We put a wall up here, and we put a wall up here. Somehow, we get the wall between us and God. And God's saying, first of all, get this wall out of the way. If we can get this wall down and restore relationship here, there will be the ability to restore the relationship here. That's ultimately what God's wanting to do here with this rejection series, is first, restore this you need to realize that Jesus was rejected so that you would be accepted. You are completely accepted. If you remember from last week, our acceptance, we are accepted just as Jesus is accepted to God. We are that accepted. The height of this we read, the of a wife deserted and distressed in spirit, a wife married who married young only to be rejected. Now, I know that many of you feel, feel like that. And sometimes it's the other way around. The wife rejects the husband. But we think of men as somehow being stronger than women. Men who feel rejected by his wife can, can feel inexpressible agony. He may feel as though he has failed as a man. And he can become ashamed. Our society expects men to be impervious to emotional pain. That's wrong. The picture here in Isaiah highlights two things that are commonly associated with betrayal and marriage. The Lord says through Isaiah, he says, you will not suffer shame, you will not be humiliated. You know, with marriage, we give ourselves totally to one another, without reservation, pouring out our love upon them, making ourselves available to them, and then to discover that they have rejected you. And what it brings, and we see that here in this scripture, it brings shame and humiliation. You know what those two things do? They get, they, get, they get chains on your life to where you can't get free again. These, these things come with rejection. These, uh, I want to say spirits or even demons, the spirit of shame or spirit of humiliation. These things want to grab hold of you. Why? Because you're vulnerable, you've just been hurt, so Satan's going to come on out after you and pull you on in. If he doesn't, we're going to somehow get on through it and move on. Well, Satan's not going to do that. He sees the vulnerability, and he knows right where to hit. Have you ever had a moment where it hit you just right? You would have never caved, but because of every circumstance you've just walked through, you caved. What is that? That is Satan pouncing on you like a lion, like, a, like a, um, a predator waiting for its prey. He sees the one over there by itself. For some reason, that one's gotten away. 
So what does he do? He keeps them separated and he sneaks up and he gets them right when they least expect it. And that's what shame and humiliation does. We get rejected and here comes shame and humiliation looking for a way to get their, get their chains around your feet to pull you back under. Once those have got you, he's got you. Shame and humiliation, you don't want to be embarrassed again, so what do you do? You just don't do it again. Um, My daughter in uh, Bible drills got humiliated. She knew the right passage. She even said it out of her mouth, but she had turned to the wrong page. And she had to read something, so she had to turn. They said, well, are you on the wrong page? She said, yes. And she had to step back and get her point counted off. And she was humiliated. And Miss Debbie, if you don't know Miss Debbie, Miss Debbie is the sweetest woman that probably ever walked to the earth. She about started crying. She went up and hugged her. She got Elizabeth to come up and hug her. And Ruth Ann just, all of her countenance just came out of her. You could, Elizabeth just was looking at her. And Ruth Ann looked pretty good. And Elizabeth goes, she's going to lose it. She's going to lose it. And sure enough, the tears started flowing. And she was humiliated. But Miss Debbie went and got her, basically, I think in the spirit, got her arms lifted up, got her held back up, and then she finished. She didn't allow shame and humiliation to drag her underwater and drown her, even though it embarrassed her. And how many of you know at 11 years old, in front of all your friends and parents, it's easy to get embarrassed and want to just run and quit. And I'm sitting there praying, don't quit. You knew it. You had the answer. You just turned to the wrong page. Well, praise God, we serve a God of grace. Her heart wasn't wrong. Her heart was right. She just messed up. You know, you may be in a situation where it seems all hell is caving in on you, but I want you to know God's got your back. Get up. Get out of bed. Get out of bed. Turn the lights on. Open up your shades. We walked out the other day after weeks of rain and the sun was shining. And Elizabeth goes, that just makes me feel good. It does. What? The sun shining down on you. I want you to know the sun is shining down on you. You are just hung up with the cloud and the rain. That's all you can see. Not knowing the sun is shining up there. Nothing is happening to you that God doesn't know about nor that he hasn't walked through himself and can completely relate. What's one of the greatest things about our Lord and Savior is he can relate to us. He can relate to us. Another way shame comes. We were talked about um, uh, shame and humiliation. Shame is debilitating or weakening, and it keeps us from functioning as human, as healthy human beings. And there are two ways. Uh, other than betrayal through divorce, that shame commonly affects a person's spirit. Now, you can be shamed in a lot of ways, but these are two main ways. And the first is public humiliation. There is nothing like it, whether at school or at work or at church or wherever. To be publicly humiliated, shame wants to come on you. And another way shame comes in is through sexual abuse as a child. What kind of timing is that? Hang in there with me. I think so many times that distractions come to try to keep that word of God from getting in your heart. The word of God tells us about the stony ground, about the weeds, about the things that try to keep the word from coming in. And I'm telling you, 
Satan's trying to keep a hold of you. Don't let him. Who cares about the lights? Who cares? Let the word come in. This is unfortunately common, this sexual abuse in childhood. And a person may not be free to tell anyone about it. And so many times it's a parent or a grandparent or a relative that was responsible for the, for the abuse. And the abused person never knows whether to trust that relative or any relative again. And the outcome leads to these mixed emotions, mixed attitudes. One being mistrust, the other being the obligation to show respect. How can a child honor a parent who has abused him or her? A person can go through life without ever resolving that tension. And it remains a shameful secret. I am in no way trying to discount this. It's awful. But I want you to know God wants you free. God wants you free. There is one person that you can't open up to. And that's to the Lord. Do you know something great? We never embarrass God. Never. We never, when we come to the altar and pray, when we come into the Lord's presence and really talk to Him and tell Him the truth, He doesn't fall out of His chair in surprise. Have you ever had somebody just drop a bomb on you and you're like, I got I to gotta walk away for a minute and get a drink of water. God never does that. Why? Because he knows. He knows. Do you know God's a compassionate God? He is moved by compassion. He knows. Open up and talk to him. You may not can talk to anyone else. Open up and talk to him. He knows. He's not embarrassable. And you know what he would say? I knew it all along. And I still love you. How can we say God loves us? Do you know how? Because he loved us while we were still a sinner. He loved us even when we didn't even know him. He loved us when we knew him and rejected him. He loved us. The primary result of rejection is the inability to receive or communicate love. A person who has never felt love cannot transmit love. A person who has never felt love cannot transmit love. Look what the Apostle John says in 1 John 4, 19. We love him because he first loved us. It's the love of God that stimulates our love for him in response. Because he loved me, I can love him. Love lies dormant until it is stimulated by another person. Without such interaction, it never comes to life. And this inability to love can be passed from generation to generation. I know for a fact that there are people here that would say their dad never hugged them, never told them they loved them. You know, that really messes up your view of God. 
Because all I see in God's Word is how much God loves me and how much He tells me He loves me. And how much Jesus loves His Father and how much the Father loves Jesus. But to have an earthly father that never did that, more than likely his earthly father never did it either. It's a programming. It's messed up. I was telling my daughter today, I forget. We just forget. Life gets going and you forget to tell your kids you love them. Maybe you don't, but I do every now and then. So I was walking in with Ruth Ann. She'd come in here. I'm just losing her tonight. And I told you she's my huggy, huggy bear. And I just said, we were walking in to eat tonight, and I just looked at her. It was just me and her, and I just said, I don't know how long it's been since I've told you, but I love you. And she just, she just looked at me. She goes, I love you too. I said, no, I love you with all of my heart. And if you just know her, you could just see the weight of the world just lift off of her. She doesn't know it, but she's getting a perfect picture of God. Not that I'm the perfect picture of God, but I'm her father. I'm her authority. I'm the one that should love her. And when I speak it out of, out of your mouth, listen, guys, you need to speak it. There is power in your words. There's power to hurt your kids. There's power to help your kids out of your words. Quit hurting them and start helping them. Just had a situation this week where the words that came out of my mouth were damaging to one of my children. And Elizabeth's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. What am I doing? Tell me. She's like, don't speak that. And you don't even realize what comes out. You don't mean it. You don't mean it like it's taken, but it comes out. I love you with all of my heart. You can just see her just. Can you do that? Can you receive God's word to you today? I love you with all of my heart. I've paid, I've paid the full price for you. And what you're carrying around right now, I have paid that price. The Lord would say, can I have it? Will you let me have it? I want you to know if this is you, you can stop that process. God spoke through Ezekiel that children should not be obligated to suffer for what their ancestors, ancestors did. I'm going to jump around just a little bit here in Ezekiel chapter 18. It says, the word of the Lord came to me. What do you people mean by quoting this proverb about the land of Israel? The parents eat sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. Verse 3. As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, you will no longer quote this proverb in Israel. For everyone belongs to me. The parent as well as the child, both alike, both alike belong to me. The one who sins is the one who will die. We skip to verse 9. It says he, verse 9. Help me out back there if you don't care. He who is the righteous man follows my decrees and faithfully keeps my laws. That man is righteous. He will surely live, declares the sovereign, the sovereign Lord. So if your parents never showed you love, God does not want you or your children to suffer for their mistake. 
He wants to fulfill that in you. And he wants you to grab hold of the truth, not the lie, and start to tell your kids the truth. Maybe you've never told your kid you love them. Go tell them. Maybe they think that you have or they can't remember if you have. If that's the case, you're not doing it enough. Spitting. I'm I'm foaming at the mouth up here. Y'all are back far enough. I think we're okay. Tell your wife you love them. Tell your husband. Tell your kids. I love you. Just breaks down barriers. Just the statement, God, I love you. I'm almost done. By accepting God's provision, you can cut off that evil inheritance once and for all. Here are some results of rejection. It can produce three kinds of people. Shoot. That's a good scripture. What did I do wrong? Well, let's read that. Oops. Go back. We'll read that scripture anyway. I must have meant I must have had something here. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great. No, that's from last time. I accidentally left that one in there. Let's go on. Rejection, results. What what can happen to us? Number one, the person who, number one, gives in. Second, the person who holds out. And third, the person who fights back. The person who gives in thinks like this. I just can't take this. Life is too much for me. There is really nothing I can do. I can't take it. This is too much. There's nothing I can do about it. And this approach opens the way for a descending series of negative emotions or attitudes that goes like this. Look, well, look what happens when that becomes us. Number one, who gives in. Rejection leads to loneliness. Loneliness leads to self-pity. Self-pity leads to misery. Misery leads to depression. And then finally, depression leads to despair or hopelessness. And in some cases, it will lead to death and or suicide, to death or suicide. Now, can you see, can you in your life or can you today see something progressing here? If you can, you need to get out. Everybody say amen. You need out. You need help. Don't let this spiral out of control. The second type, the one who holds out, is the one who refuses to give in and build some kind of defense. This is an attempt to cover an inner pain and struggle. Someone who builds up a defense for themselves usually can somehow form up a superficial kind of happiness. Have you ever seen someone that's just putting on a show, but in the, down deep, they are falling apart? Can I encourage you, if that's you, quit playing and get, get healed. I had mentioned this Sunday, would you give the Lord just two minutes? Let somebody pray with you. Would you just come and take, give it to God just for a moment? You know, you're still going to have to walk home and face the things that you're facing, but we need to face them with God, and we need to face them free of this stuff that's attached to us. Pastor, I don't know how to get free. Come up here and let me pray for you. 
Let's pray together. Let's just agree together. Where two can agree, God will do it. When we ask according to God's will, He will give it to us. Is it God's will for you to be free? Then why not get free? It says in Scripture, choose choose blessings or curses. I set them before you. Choose. Do you know when we choose not to let God have it, we are choosing the other? Why do that? And you don't have to have me pray for you. Give it to God, you and him, right where you sit right now. Man, if, if the Lord would identify that kind of torture in my life, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wait for the pastor to finish. I mean, I wouldn't be disrespectful, but I, should, I got stuff I got to do. Pastor's giving me a good word. I'm going to get free right now. I don't need to wait for an altar call. Get free in worship. Third type. Third type. Fighter. One who fights everything. Look what happens here. Rejection leads to resentment. Leads to hatred. Leads to rebellion. Most of the time it starts in rejection. And rebellion and witchcraft are one and the same. 1 Samuel 15 verse 23 says, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. You got rebellious kids, you need to drive that out. They need free of that. And let me tell you, I was a rebellious kid. My parents tried their best to drive it out of me. (laughs) It wasn't from a lack of spanking, man, I got them. And it was appropriate. It was right. I don't think it was due to rejection. I don't know what it was. I think Satan was just trying to get me. Satan trying to get your kids. If you don't think they are, they are. He is. Ruth Ann told me today, Dad, I am I'm at school. I'm hearing all these words. I'm seeing all these things. Kids got their iPods and at 11 years old and watching YouTube and during a class where the teacher's not in there. we got to drive it out. I said, Ruth Ann, we are in the world but not of the world. You cannot allow this stuff to attach to you. And you got to keep talking to mom and dad and let us know and let us help you fight and learn how to fight. Don't shut down on me. You keep talking to me. I'm not going to get on to you for telling me that that, that, that stuff was going on. I'm going to help equip you to fight it. It's not going away. We're not somehow going to be, uh, what's Star Trek? Yeah, beam me up, Scotty. Don't we wish we could get out of this world and be in the age to come? Nope, we're here. We're in the world, but not of the world. We're, well, you know the way that goes. <laughs> What's witchcraft? Meaning the occult, searching false spiritual experiences. I'm done, I promise. The occult includes Ouija boards, horoscopes, fortune tellers, seances, drugs. We just got free of all that through these curses, blessings and curses. If you're not free of the occult, you need to get free. It's one of the commandments. It's one of the most important commandments. There shall be no other God but God. There shall be no other gods before us but the one true God. 
get free. Ezekiel, or Exodus chapter 20, verse 3, you shall have no other gods before me. Now, we're not done. The, the next few weeks, I know it's kind of been a, uh, a little bit dark the last two weeks. We're going to start turning the corner maybe next week or at least by the next week. But don't wait till next week to get free. I want you to know, and, and I'll close with this. I was um, walking around the church one day reading my Bible, and this is when I was the worship leader. And I read about being baptized in spirit and fire. I'm like, well, I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but I don't know that I've ever been baptized in fire. I mean, I've read my Bible a lot, but I'm just sitting there thinking, just literally, have I missed something? Is there something else? I thought, well, I need to go talk to Pastor Matt about it. I need to just go chew this, chew on this with someone. I need to read. I need to learn. But, God, your word tells me that you can't give me anything bad. Anything that you have for me is good. Baptize me in fire. I'll figure out what it is later. I'm reading your word, I'm taking it literally. I don't need to wait for the answer. I I can trust you, God. Wholeheartedly, without any reservation, I don't have to know. But if there's something else, I'll take it. So I sit down with Pastor Matt and I said, what do you think about this? He said, well, basically spirit and fire are the same thing, as I've learned, as as he taught. And I said, well, great. I received that, but if you're wrong, I got it. You don't. (laughs) what if you're wrong if you're wrong I've asked for it you know it's just my way of thinking I'm going to ask God what have you got for me I'll take it you shall have no other gods so what I'm saying is to you tonight you may not know my steps of getting out of this you don't have to we completely trust God. If you've been one of those that have been abused, if you've been one of those that's been rejected in marriage, if you've been one of those that have been bullied as a child, that, that's had inappropriate behavior at any time in your life, you've got a parent that's, been, that's maybe rejected you, you're maybe a middle child and you feel rejected, you may be the baby and feel rejected, you may be the oldest and feel rejected, you may be the only daughter with a bunch of brothers and feel rejected, you may be the only brother with a bunch of daughters and feel rejected. Whatever, we get rejected. When we're not rejected, we get rejected. Maybe you weren't picked on the team. Maybe you weren't done this. Maybe you weren't promoted. Maybe someone else was promoted. Maybe you were fired for no reason. Don't wait for the next sermon. The best time is now. Get free now. Let the Lord have it now. Y'all stand up with me and let me pray over you. If you don't mind, just bow your heads. We'll do this very quickly. I want you to risk everything. And what that is that's in your heart, I want you just to give it to God right now. Just between you and Him. Lord, we don't have to wait for the end of this series. It's going to be good, but the healing might as well start now. Father, we give you the right to do surgery on our heart. And Father, we just forgive. We don't say that what was, what's happened in the past is right. But Lord, we forgive based on our relationship to you. And based on the fact that we don't want to live tortured with this, with this nastiness in us anymore. Father, I can forgive because of who you are and because of what you've done for me. 
And Father, I wasn't worthy of forgiveness, but you forgave me. And Lord, I forgive the unforgivable. And I just ask you just to remove it. Would you do that? Heal up our hearts, Lord. We just cast this rejection off. We just cast this rejection off. And we ask you to completely heal us so that we can love again. So that we can love one another again. So that we can love you again. Freedom in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, we thank you that you just take that away from us. That you just take that burden off of us right now. And Lord, we just let you have it. Now take it on away. And help us to heal. Let us fill that void with your word, with your presence, with your people. Loving one another. Walking this thing out. Just worship you, Lord. We just turn our hearts completely to you. Set a fire down in our soul, down in our heart that we can't contain, that we can't control. And Lord, purify our hearts, burn out every impediment that needs to be burned out. And Lord, I thank you for that moment yesterday for an impediment to get burned out. And Satan just lost a battle yesterday. Show us more, Lord. Show us more, Lord, and let us get free. Thank you, Lord. I just pray for our church. I just ask you to bless our church. Show us how to love one another, how to walk this thing out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Sorry to keep you a few minutes after. We'll see you Sunday morning, 9.15 for Sunday school, 10.30 for service. God bless you.